Folks, we're sponsored today by Donors Trust, the tax-friendly way to preserve your charitable giving. In times of crisis, those with a giving spirit and a desire to build up civil society find ways to be helpful. And that's when it's good to have a charitable resource ready to deploy when they're needed most. Donors Trust offers donor-advised funds or giving accounts. You can use these funds as your own charitable investment account and manage your charitable giving in a way that's smart, tax-advantaged, aligned with your values, and private. Donors Trust clients are using their funds to support charities helping their local communities while also using their giving account to simultaneously support think tanks and liberty-minded organizations that believe our constitutional rights shouldn't get lost in a time of emergency. Now is the time to take a closer look at Donors Trust and join their community of liberty-minded donors by opening a donor-advised fund. Go to DonorsTrust.org slash JustNews for the ultimate survival guide to charitable giving and learn how a donor advised fund can preserve your ability to give to the charities you love. That's DonorsTrust.org slash Just News. Hello, America, and happy Monday. Great to be with you. An exciting weekend. A lot of news breaking out all over the town, and we have some of it right at the top of Just the News. If you read my story this morning, the big news is that one of Hunter Biden's closest business associates, Devin Archer, a man who is awaiting going prison after being convicted of fleecing an Indian tribe, he is likely to testify, give a transcribed interview to the House Oversight Committee, House Oversight and Accountability Committee, in the next couple of weeks before this month is out. There's a date set. They're working on it right now. He has more insight than almost any other business partner in the space. Remember, he's the guy that got Hunter Biden on the Burisma board and was serving alongside of him. I think that's a major development. And you probably saw this as well, but he is working alongside several of the other business deals, including on China and in the Russian oligarch. So he can bring a lot of very meaningful knowledge to the committee. And being a Biden insider, it's going to be hard for the Bidens to attack him like they've done some of the others. Now, while that's going on, Gary Shapley, the IRS whistleblower, former supervisory case agent for the Hunter Biden case until he was kicked off recently because he was blowing the whistle, he could testify in public along with one of his colleagues as early as the end of this month before the House Ways and Means Committee, Tristan Levitt, making that known to us over the weekend. So some big developments there. And that's just the beginning, because if you turn over and look at Senator Grassley, he believes that the FD-1023, that FBI informant report that reported, informant saying that Joe Biden was involved or part of a $10 million bribery scheme involving Burisma, Senator Grassley is saying, hey, guys, you keep saying, Justice Department, FBI, that this document can't be given to Congress because it's so sensitive. Well... We've been told that hundreds of Justice Department FBI officials have had access to the FDN 23 at issue, which begs the question, what steps have the Justice Department FBI taken to investigate this? I want to know. Why aren't you turning it over to Congress in a more complete form? What's going on if so many people had access to it? And he wants to know, uh, the second part of this is that in October 2020, just before the election, the FBI briefed an assistant U.S. attorney involved in the Hunter Biden case. That's a pretty big deal as well. So that letter from Chuck Grassley went to the Honorable David Weiss, the U.S. attorney in Delaware, the man who has made the decision to charge Hunter Biden with just two misdemeanor tax charges. Some new information coming there from Senator Chuck Grassley. We'll have more on that 
tonight a full story on that when you w- wake up in the morning tomorrow on justthenews.com. Go check that out. And then finally, we've had a lot of coverage this weekend over Gary Shapley and his continuing importance to the investigation of Hunter Biden, Congress, Justice Department, lots of different places where that is. But today, Shapley made a new statement. This is after U.S. Attorney David Weiss, the guy that Grassley was just writing to, acknowledged that he was geographically limited from bringing charges. That actually substantiates Gary Shapley's comments, testimony to Congress. Weiss also suggested that he might have sought a special attorney authority, as opposed to a special counsel authority, but Shapley reacted to that and says, hey, your story continues, keeps changing, Mr. Weiss, but I got to say something. And here's the exact statement. U.S. Attorney David Weiss's story continues to change as a practical matter. It makes no difference whether Weiss requests a special counsel or special attorney authority under no circumstances should the process have included the political appointees of the subject's father because Congress and the public had been assured it would not. But it did. That's a statement from Mark Lytle. Uh, and Tristan Levitt. Tristan Levitt, the president of Empower Oversight Whistleblower Center. Mark Lytle, the private attorney for Gary Shapley in the Hunter Biden case. Those are pretty, pretty important developments. And so check that out. That statement was released on the Empower Oversight Whistleblower Site. We have it up on Just the News as well. All right, we've got a great show for you today. We're going to kick off the show with somebody who's had a really profound effect in recent days on the issue of wokeness in the Pentagon. There is a lot of debate over that. Well, today, a very important civic watchdog known as the American Accountability Foundation, it filed a complaint with the Air Force Inspector General saying the Air Force General Chief of Staff, General Charles Q. Brown, in line now to become the chairman of the Joint Chief Staff, that he has inappropriately made hiring decisions based on race and ideology, and that it may violate the U.S. Constitution's 14th Amendment. And it goes on to identify many of the statements that General Brown has made. Well, we've got a lot going on that tonight on the TV show. We're going to have one of the folks from American Accountability Foundation along with us, and that's going to have a lot of news in it. So tune in at 6 o'clock, Real America's Voice. Amanda Head and I will have that interview. But first, somebody who's had a big effect on wokeness well before this, Adam Gillette, he is the president of Accuracy and Media. Accuracy and Media is a watchdog group that has taken many undercover videos capturing school officials all across this country, confirming they're still teaching things like critical race theory, DEI, and other things, even when those ideologies are banned by state law from being taught in the schools. Adam's going to talk to us about those undercover videos, what the pattern is, why educators have these philosophies, and what might be coming down the pike. As you know, there is a large school choice movement being powered across this country, and it's going beyond just school choice to portable tax funds, meaning your tax dollars leave your school district, come with you if you take your child to a private entity. Those arguments are getting some significant benefit from all the undercover work that Adam Gillette and his team at Accuracy and Media are doing. So we're going to bring Adam in at the top of the show. And then the second half of the show, former Navy SEAL, current Newsmax television news host Carl Higby is going to join us. He's got a brand new book out called Profiles in Freedom, Heroes Who Shaped America. He also has a great show on Newsmax every night at 5 p.m., as I recall. He wants to talk about all the wokeness in the Pentagon, sort of the topic we, start, we started with with General Brown. 
and what's being done to change it. There's a big debate going on in Congress this week over the NDAA, the National Defense Authorization Act, where a lot of these policies are going to be addressed for the first time by Republicans after years of Democratic rule. That's a very important moment, and Carl's going to bring us up to speed on that. So we've got two great guests. First up, Adam Gillette from Accuracy and Media, and then Carl Higby from Newsmax. We're going to have both of them back-to-back right after these messages. Folks, Field of Greens is the healthiest thing I do every day, and I want you on this journey with me. Why? It's literally one scoop a day. It tastes great. I love the fruit flavors particularly, and it's completely improved my life and my health. This is nutrition the way nature intended. When I began taking a hard look at why I wasn't feeling good and why I felt unhealthy, why I was gaining weight, why I was losing energy, it wasn't just because I had hit my 50s. No, it was because I wasn't getting the right amount of fruit and vegetables in my diet. And listen, I'm just too busy to go to the store, clean up the vegetables, cook uh, uh, vegetable dinners, and make sure I hit the fruit. A field of greens stepped in. One scoop of powder in my drink or on my eggs in the morning, and boom, I was off and feeling better. And suddenly, I was losing weight. I was sleeping better. My metabolism went up. My blood sugar went down. My cholesterol went down. And my weight went down. And my doctor said, hey, whatever you're doing, keep it doing. You know what that is? It's Field of Greens. That's what I've been doing. Field of Greens is radically different. Each organic fruit and vegetable was medically chosen to support heart and vital organ health. I trust Field of Greens to keep me healthy. I promise you, you're going to love this product. But if for any reason you don't, they'll give you 100% money back guarantee. Now, you're going to get 15% off your first order plus free rush shipping because of the incredible partnership we have here at Just the News with Brick house nutrition and of course field of greens all you got to do to take advantage of this offer visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code just news that's promo code just news at fieldofgreens.com don't wait go to fieldofgreens.com today use the promo code just news for 15 percent off folks if you owe back taxes fair warning you're not going to like this the irs is mailing millions of pay up letters millions i say Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited-time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited-time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. There is an extraordinary revolution going on in our education system, driven mostly by parents and by state legislatures, giving parents more power, more choice in their school. One of those places is in Ohio, where some very important new school choice provisions have now gone into law. 
That debate was driven by some extraordinary work, undercover work by a civic organization that has a routine impact on American dialogue. Accuracy and media is constantly highlighting things that are hidden below the surface that we all need to know to be more informed as citizens and in order to fix problems that are sometimes sitting right in front of us. Joining us right now is the president of Accuracy and Media, Adam Gillette, to tell us what's been going on in Ohio. Adam, great to have you on the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Our hidden camera investigative journalists have been in literally hundreds and hundreds of school districts across the country to see what's really happening at public education. And some of the absolute worst things we found were in Ohio. And it wasn't even just incredibly liberal areas. It was all throughout the state. It was in Dayton, which is an Air Force town. We see again and again that these administrators are lying to parents. So there's been two waves of sort of the awakening of moms and dads in America. The first was they were home for the pandemic. They found out some of the stuff that their kids were being taught. They didn't like it. They stood up and they began to push back. Then laws came into place, right, to ban things like critical race theory. And then the workarounds began. And the work you guys have done to capture school districts, school administrators and others trying to evade legal requirements not to teach critical race theory or other toxic agenda items, people went out of their way to try to go around the laws, didn't they? It means nothing to them. These laws mean not a thing to them in their own words. You know, uh, the administrators tell us in Texas, quote, we do not do what Greg Abbott is trying to get us to do. We were in Iowa where critical race theory principles, it's illegal to teach them. Same thing with Idaho, Tennessee. And we found this stuff happening again and again. They either, in their words, close the door and do what's right, or they come up with clever ways to deceive parents, as they tell us in the hidden camera videos and stay of calling it privilege, they call it circumstance. If it's illegal to use the New York Times 1619 project, instead they use a classroom service called Newzella, which is a direct partner of the New York Times 1619 project. So your kid goes home with the exact same garbage article, but instead of it saying New York Times on the masthead, it says Newzella. They also use social and emotional learning. Every step of the way, they stay one step ahead of the parents so that they could push their radical ideas. Yeah. And you uh, you just said something that really reminded me when I, we've done a lot of coverage of these great videos and work you've done on Just the News. There is a very clear sentiment expressed that somehow teachers and these educators and, and academic supervisors, they think they're smarter than the parents. They think they know better for what the children need than what parents do. And they're really trying to sideline the parents while well, maybe glad handing and making the parent think they're on their side. But that sense of lack of respect, not only of the parents' capabilities, but in their right to choose how to raise their children, really uh, very clear on these videos. When did that sentiment start? Actually, what you say is such a great point about that deception. You know, the, one of the worst examples we saw was in Columbus, Ohio, where an administrator, an equity officer, laughingly told me about how a parent called because they were upset because they saw the Ibrahim X. Kendi anti-racist handbook on the district website. And the parent said to the, the administrator, I want that book off the website. And the equity officer, he laughingly tells me, well, I told the parent, no problem. I'll take it off the website today. And he tells me, I didn't even know that picture was on the website, but I took it off. That book's still in the library, though. That's the exact kind of deception we're talking about. They'll tell you whatever you need to be here to be happy. And then behind your back, they're laughing at you. 
Yeah, the sentiments are there. And I think also the sense of entitlement that the government now gets to co-parent children, obviously not in our constitution. It's quite quite the contrary. When did the government start to really plot to become a co-parenter with parents trying to hijack parental decisions, which now range all the way from transgender and abortion decisions that maybe school districts might make without parents, all the way to teaching that your race will predetermine what sort of life you have in America. When did that begin and how is it being pushed back? Well, that's a great question. You know, I I think the nature of any government agency, any government program is to try to grow, grow, grow and increase its power. Um, So as long as you've had public education, you've had that to a degree. But what really ramped it up in a massive way was in 2020, in the wake of George Floyd, so many of these districts hired full-time equity officers. And I'm not exaggerating when I tell you that these same public schools that claim to be short on funds are spending a heck of a lot of money on six-figure salaried non-classroom positions focused exclusively on pushing critical race theory principles and LGBTQ radical ideas into K-12 education. Fort Worth ISD, that's just one example, Fort Worth ISD is one of 20 school districts in the conservative town of Fort Worth. They have more than a dozen full-time members of their equity team on staff. These are people who are spending 24-7 on their job focused on pushing these ideas and getting greater control and propagandizing your children. Yeah, there's no doubt. You've made enormous headway in the education space and highlighting what's really going on in school districts. Where else is accuracy in media starting to highlight some of these dangerous principles, ideologies, and in some cases, policies that are imposing their will over the free speech rights of Americans? Well, we've been incredibly active lately on college campuses because We all bemoan for decades how bad things have gotten on college campuses, right? Well, you know, I've trained college students on college campuses in 47 states, which is most of them, a couple of Canadian provinces, even Mexico City, and I've been doing it for 20 years as a volunteer. And what I can tell you is, it is dramatically worse now than you ever could imagine. And we used to bemoan that the professors were propagandizing the students, moving them to the left. Well, the students are far worse than the professors now. And at Stanford University, as your listeners probably remember, uh, you had a federal judge who, because he was appointed by Trump, was shouted down by an angry mob of future attorneys. One student even shouted, I hope your daughters get raped. Well, this kind of thing has been happening for years, and these bullies have never had to deal with any consequences until now. The kids responsible for these actions scrubbed their name from the Internet. They didn't want anybody to know who did those horrible deeds. Well, we found their names. We found their photos. We sent a mobile billboard to their campus for a week with their names and their photos and the quotes from what they shouted. Then we bought their domain names so that if you look up these kids online, you see exactly what they did. And when they try to go get a job after graduating law school, if people Google them, one of the first search results will be our profile page explaining what they did. We even sent mobile billboards to their parents' homes on the East Coast during spring break and got coverage from their local hometown newspapers. There need to be consequences for the horrible actions of these students. 
Yeah, oh, it's pretty uh, remarkable. One of the fun things I like that you do, and there's so many things that you do there so well, but keeping an eye on the media, because the media has become the propagator of a lot of these ideologies. The, the, the sense of neutrality is missing in almost every coverage. You caught a good example this past weekend with Teen Vogue after the Supreme Court ruling on affirmative action. But the media has really had a difficult decade. I would say I've been in it for three and a half decades. I haven't seen such misperformance and failure in the media as bad as what I've seen really in the last five, six years. Hunter Biden's story, one of those stories now going completely in reversal. Do you get a sense that anyone in the media leadership is starting to understand the damage that their poor reporting has done to them? Not at all, because I think they're acting in their own financial interest for the most part. We've got a fractured media landscape where, for the most part, conservatives watch conservative outlets, progressives watch progressive outlets, and they never really mix it up. Some people like to listen to opposing views, but most people don't do that. Well, with that in mind, if you're a radical at the Washington Post, you don't really see a reason to push stories that are down the middle and tell both sides. Instead, what they do now is write essentially fan fiction journalism. They write stories they know not to be true because they know it's what their audience wants to read. And if there are big stories like the Hunter Biden story, they just simply don't cover it because their audience simply doesn't want to read about it. But when you mention Teen Vogue, those sorts of outlets, which many people aren't familiar with, these new new media outlets like Teen Vogue are so incredibly dangerous because they bring in millions of young followers with apolitical stories related to fashion, and then they propagandize them with actual Marxism. And I'm not exaggerating. Teen Vogue actually has an ongoing series promoting Marxism to young girls. No, they do. Yeah. I want to turn to one other thing that has uh, been equally problematic. So the media's failure to stay neutral has been a major part of, uh, of the, the public discourse. But the government, the rise of government censorship, gov- uh, what's been exposed in the great stories that we started with the Foundation for Freedom Online last summer, then the Louisiana-Missouri lawsuit, it is some extraordinary sentiments that the United States government and agencies within it feel comfortable now to literally infringe the free speech rights of Americans, including not only opinions, but information that was factually true. This seems to be among the more dangerous trend lines that people are seeing. Are we at a tipping point in terms of free speech in America? We we certainly are. It's an incredibly dangerous time because you have the collusion of, quote unquote, journalists or social media sites and government, which, by the way, ironically, is literally the definition of of fascism. Economic fascism is where businesses are technically privately owned, but the government tells them what to produce, how much of it to produce, what to sell. Well, that's exactly what we've had with these social media sites like Facebook, where, no, it wasn't technically the government suppressing people. They just called up their buddies and their allies at Facebook and said, these are the things that we need you to block. That's economic fascism. That's literally the definition of fascism. Where is Antifa on this one? Are they going to go and bust up Mark Zuckerberg's house? You know, probably not. They're busy burning down, uh, you know, uh, uh, courthouses in Portland, Oregon. But that's literally the definition of fascism. And think about how dangerous it is for society when the truth can't get out. A story as big as the cause of COVID, and they suppressed what now appears to be the most likely cause of COVID for being discussed on social media platforms. It's as if they rewrote the printing press with the creation of social media, but now they want to entirely control what can be printed. 
Yeah, it's just, it's insane. It really is just jaw dropping what we're beginning to see on a daily basis. The, um, there is an interesting counter sentiment now that's beginning to not just be a feeling or an opinion. It's literally lending itself to counteraction, whether it's at Target or at Bud Light or at other places. People are voting with their feet in their wallet. And in the case of California, people are literally leaving the state. In the case of these products, Target or shoppers, they're leaving brands that have been, you know, in their household maybe for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. How important is American statements with their wallets and their residency locations to self-correcting some of the things that are going on right now? You know, it's important, and I think people should always make a point if they find a, a company that's doing things that they think are terrible. Sure, don't shop with them. But oddly enough, boycotts more often than not end up becoming counterproductive because, yes, some of us get annoyed at Bud Light and we don't drink Bud Light, but many of the Bud Light drinkers went on to just buy a different product from uh, from InBev. The same parent company got their business, but they got it in another means. So similarly, you know, when everybody protested Nike over Colin Kaepernick, Nike's sales went through the roof. When the left protested Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A sales went through the roof. I think the more effective means are to take political tactics and political activism against these political players at these corporations. That's what the left does, and that's what works. So give me some examples of uh, things that conservatives should be doing, because I think everyone's listening to this, they're nodding their head to Adam, they hear what you're saying, like, this guy's right on the money. So what are some of the solutions? Obviously, there's legislative solutions or court action. What are some of the things that centrist Americans and conservative Americans really concerned about this leftward tilt in the country's infrastructure, its institutions? What are some of the more effective ways to fight it? Well, what we generally do when we find corporations doing bad things is we use political tactics on them. We do action alert emails. And normally an action alert email, the way it works is, you know, you send one message and it goes to your governor and your congressman and you tell them, vote no on the tax hike. We do those for the CEOs of these companies. Similarly, we do recorded calls. Normally you get a recorded call and it says, you know, the governor wants to raise taxes. Press one to be connected with an office. Tell him he, with his office. Tell him he's a bozo, you know. We do those for the cell phone numbers of the CEOs. And I don't think we should be the only ones doing it. I think every American, when they find these kinds of morally reprehensible things happening, figure out the email address of some of the board of directors for those companies and send them an email. Figure out some of their phone numbers. Give them a phone call. Politely give them a piece of your mind. That sort of stuff can be exceptionally effective. You know, not buying Bud Light, especially if you're going to buy another Anheuser-Busch InBev product, isn't going to matter a whole ton to them. But they're not used to angry phone calls. They're not used to angry emails. Your senator is. They get dozens of them a day. They don't care. It means nothing to them half the time. But these corporate executives are not used to it, and they can't handle it. That's why they're so easily bullied by the left. And I wouldn't seek to bully anyone, but if they see that there are two sides in this fight, I think many of these executives will make the right decision, which is to stay the heck out of politics entirely. And that's all Americans want, right? They want to go to a store, and the, the only thing is that the focus on the customer and the service and the products. And then if you're an investor, focus on return on investment. When ESG came along, I know a lot of investors said, wait a second, wait a second. I thought your job is to make me the maximum you know, return on investment. When did this start? Are you willing to jeopardize my returns for some ideological goal? I think Americans just want business to stay out of politics, right? 
That's exactly right. I think what most Americans want. And in all honesty, that's what most CEOs want. They're only getting in these fights because they're being bullied by one side. Our response can't merely be to go to Target less frequently or to go to Walmart instead. Walmart supports all kinds of terrible causes, unfortunately. We should use their tactics whenever they are moral, ethical, or prudent. And that will free up the CEOs to say, listen, there's two sides to this. It's a crazy fight. We just want to sit it out, which is fine by me. Yeah, no doubt, indeed, no doubt. Adam, you do such great work. What's the best way for people to stay in touch with Accuracy and Media and all that you're doing? Sure, our website is aim.org, A-I-M.org. We'll be releasing additional hidden camera videos from Texas in the next few weeks from various rural Republican areas throughout Texas, where it's illegal to teach critical race theory, we've captured more and more administrators bragging about lying to parents, deceiving parents, breaking the law, as well as some videos from some other states coming up. It's going to be exciting times for us and bad times for them. Wow. Well, important stuff. Transparency is the most important tool in these debates. Once people understand what's really going on, not what they've been told to think, it makes the solution and the actions so much more easier to do. And on a daily basis, Adam, you and your team are doing that. What a great service you've done over the last several months in informing us about what's going on in our school districts and so many other places. Great to have you on the show today. You're so very kind. Thank you so very much for having me. Yeah, good to have you on. We'll go have you on soon because I have a funny feeling. We have a lot more exciting video coming down the pike. So we'll get you back on really soon. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. When we come back from the commercial break, we're going to have Carl Higby from Newsmax. That's a great guest. And we'll have him right after this. But before we go to the commercial break, we've got a brand new partner, a new sponsor, EnviroCleanse. EnviroCleanse is a home air purifier system that has patented earth mineral technology and is as good as a hospital grade HEPA filter. I know because I've been using it at my home, really has cleaned up the air. I've got cats and pets, and they can add to the dust and the fur and the tander. And Viral Cleanse has made my ear and my house so much cleaner. We love it. I'd highly recommend it for you as well. And if you want to join in, Enviro Cleanse is going to give you 10% off your Enviro Cleanse home air purification unit and a free air quality monitor. All you got to do by the way, they're going to send it to you free of shipping, too. You're going to get free shipping on it. All you got to do is use the promo code JUSTNEWS at ekpure.com. That's E-K-P-U-R-E.com. The EnviroCleanse promises far fewer colds and allergies and better sleep. I can attest to it because I'm using it now, and I agree. It does work. Now, visit ekpure.com and use the code JUSTNEWS for 10% off your EnviroCleanse home purification unit right now. And you're also going to get a free air quality monitor and fast free shipping. That's $150 in savings. So go to ekpure.com and use the special code JUSTNEWS to get that 10% off and that free shipping. All right, folks, when we come back from the commercial break, Carl Higby will be here next. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation, and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold, and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. 
All you got to do to get started, text JUST NEWS to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group. Text JUST NEWS to 989898 right now. Hey folks, it's John Solomon here. Today, I want to shine a light on AMAC, an organization who's dedicated to America's seniors, but is vital for conservatives of all ages. AMAC stands out by not only advocating for senior issues, but also by pushing for conservative values that affect us all. By joining, you're not just supporting our senior citizens, you're part of a movement defending the freedoms that made this country great and to ensure that we secure our nation's future. Plus, membership brings you exclusive benefits like discounts on travel, dining, and entertainment, and of course, special insurance rates, one of the things I like. Regardless of your age, if you're driven to preserve freedom, AMAC welcomes you. This is about uniting youthful vigor with the wisdom of experience and our quest to keep this country great. Sign up now for amac.us slash justnews. And for a limited time, you get a free gift membership for someone else who shares your love for our great nation. Don't miss out on this chance to make a difference from AMAC. Join today at amac.us slash justnews. That's amac.us slash justnews. And extend the invitation to a friend or family member for free. What a great opportunity. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. As I mentioned at the top of the show, a very big week in Congress. They're coming back from their 4th of July break and a lot of work being done on the NDAA, the National Defense Authorization Act. It sounds like alphabet soup, but so much happens in that legislation that can determine the future of our military, its strategies, its capabilities, its future warfare. And as you heard over the weekend, a lot of people heartburned about the way Joe Biden acknowledged that we didn't have enough ammunition in certain cases because we've given so much to Ukraine. Obviously, a lot of people think that put us in jeopardy just mentioning it, but it also shows that there's a supply chain problem, even in production problem, even in our military. Joining us right now from Newsmax, one of the great hosts here of the show Frontline, every Monday through Friday at 5 o'clock, one of the great flagship shows here, our good friend Carl Higby. Carl, good to have you on the show. John, thanks for getting me on. I love your work. I love your new show. And I love the fact that you bring with you all of this incredible experience, having been in the military yourself. Um, this is a pretty extraordinary moment in American history. A lot of people, for the first time, look at our military and say, do we really have the might we used to? Are we overstating that concern? Uh, no, not at all. In fact, I think it's understated. Uh, one of the big problems now is you're seeing these, you're missing these recruiting goals. Um, that, to me, is the biggest thing. And the guys who are they, they're not recruiting, guys and gals, are the actual war fighters. I have a number of people that I know. I, I help mentor people. I was a SEAL for nine years, and I help mentor guys going into the SEAL community now. And the numbers we are seeing of able-bodied men who are the type of people you want going to get you know, the bad guys, they're not joining in any close, any, any, anything close to the numbers they used to. And that is the biggest problem because they've been driven – away from it based on this weird ideology that everybody's been pushing recently. And, and I'm terrified that this is just the beginning. Yeah, that's what I hear from so many, that this is literally just a leading edge and that we may see a lot more. When you talk to folks, is this something correctable? Meaning if the Biden administration were ousted and we went back to our normal thing, I mean, it isn't that young people don't want to serve, right? They just don't want to serve in sort of a a social engineered military. They want to serve to defend our country. Is this, if there were a dial adjustment, would recruitment, you think, go back up pretty quickly? 
Sure. I, I mean, look, this could be fixed by a different administration, i.e. someone like that rhymes with Trump. But, I mean, <laughs> morale in the military was at an all-time high when Trump was I mean, I, I yeah. knew people that were in, that were, were happy about it. They thought it was great. Like, we, he didn't start any new wars. That's the other thing, too, is like the, the, the notion that we could start a war with China or with, you know, even in, in Ukraine with Russia. Like, they're talking, like, we have members of Congress now saying about, talking about joining NATO, or Ukraine joining NATO in the middle of a conflict. And that worries a lot of people. And also, like, I mean, look, your, your parents weigh heavily on a child's decision to join the military. And if a bunch of parents are saying, hey, wait till this war is over to join, maybe try college first, maybe go work for a couple of years, that affects things too. And I think that, um, you know, we're sitting in a place now where it's completely uncharted territory. We have a vacuum of leadership in a, at the top of America right now. And there is, there is no way to reinstill the morale until you understand that people who join the military, like I joined the military after 9-11 to yeah. go kill bad guys and break their stuff. Yeah. And if you don't, if you don't attract those people by, you know, aggressive commercials, like nobody cares about like somebody with two moms and then this person is, is, you know, gender non-binary. Nobody who's actually going to win a war gives a darn about that. Yeah, that's the key, right? And when you're in a foxhole, you don't care uh, the color of the skin, the, the no. sexual preference. You just want a qualified soldier, Marine, a special operator next to you. It seems to get lost in this environment that competence and skill and commitment to your country is really what we need in our military, not all these socially engineered things. I want to ask you about something that happened just a few minutes ago, Carl. It, it was just filed a few minutes ago. The nonprofit group American Accountability Foundation filed a complaint with the Air Force Inspector General accusing the Air Force Chief of Staff General Charles Q. Brown of making hiring decisions based on race and ideology, a possible violation of the 14th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. And they cite some of his public statements he's made in public settings. One of his concerns is about the airmen and their view of racism. He said another time, let's go through some of them as we're looking through the complaint here, uh, I hire for diversity. He says that was his goal for hiring. Uh, there are many others like that. Uh, the claim or the allegation here in the inspector general complaint is that these things actually inject uh, race, gender, uh, excuse me, race and gender into hiring decisions when actually skills should matter. How important is such a complaint like this, some, uh, an investigation like this into the guy who could be the next chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff? Well, yeah, of course it's important, John. I mean, this is one of those things that I'm probably... Just I'm as frustrated as this as the next guy. Yeah. Like, look, let, let's be honest. Like, if your son, daughter, brother, sister, mother, father was taken hostage in North Africa, do you want the most diverse, you know, SEAL team coming to get them? Or do you want the biggest, baddest, toughest, and best guys coming to get them? I mean, like, nobody gets rescued from Somali pirates. It's like, oh, thank God there was diversity. I mean, nobody says that. We want skills and nothing else. That's what we're looking for every single day. Yeah. And, and we just keep seeing in every aspect of our culture right now and every aspect of our government, skills seem to be taking a second chair to all of these ideological things. Now, the NDA is really in full action, as I said at the top of the show, and, and uh, lots and lots of amendments. I think 1,500 amendments have been proposed. I don't know how many will get a floor vote. But uh, this seems to be one of the most robust debates we've had on the NDA in a long time. What do you think is at work? What 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 issues are driving Congress to really build out an important uh, decision on this? 
So there's a couple things here. And one of the things that I don't think people are talking about, but I think it's being said, and you mentioned it a little bit in your intro about, you know, America being low on ammo. America's not low on ammo. The, the price of ammo in America has risen so drastically because you have the post office who now has a SWAT team for some stupid reason, yeah. buying millions of rounds of mail. Why the heck the mailman needs rounds of ammo <laughs> is beyond me. But they, you're like, they, they're, they just don't put it in the right places. They're stockpiling it, drove the cost up for you and I, and, you know, for lawful owning, you know, gun owning and hunters and things like that. But the other thing, too, is, I, you know, this Ukraine thing, there's a lot of people in Congress who want some answers. And I do, too. Like, what are the what are the red lines? What are the litmus tests? What are the, you know, how how extensive are we getting involved? Because remember, early on, it was like no plane. Then it was plane. Jen Psaki, a, over a year ago, called Russia's use of cluster bombs as a um, yeah. as a war crime, yet now we're sending cluster bombs. So it's like, you know, people are going to want some clear definition of how far we're going to go, because that that's a huge, it's billions of dollars of allocation of resources, not to mention, you know, would we ever put troops on the ground? They say no now, but they also said no to F-16s and, you know, cluster bombs. So yeah. we don't know. And I think that's going to be a, a, an underlying but not top line factor of like, Give us some understanding of the scope of our involvement in this war. And, th- and that needs to be answered. I don't care what side of the argument you're on. You should want to answer that. The other thing is the Pentagon consistently. I mean, there was an internal Pentagon report from a couple of years ago that showed in like fiscal year 18, I think it was, they, they misplaced and, and wasted to over $200 billion dollars. Not to mention leaving Afghanistan, like we wasted a trillion dollars, just threw stuff away. And these are like any fiscal hawks out there are going to want serious answers to these questions. And nobody can give those answers, which should make every American mad because, you know, nearly a trillion dollars of our budget goes to like 893 billion goes to defense. Like, yes, I want to be a strong America because we can't count on places like Canada to, to police the world. But at, the, at what cost? Like a trillion dollars, and then they lose a third of it. Yeah, yeah, it, exactly. Again, or there's, uh, it's 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 unbelievable the competence. There was a major signal about where this administration would be in foreign policy and security. It also has had profound effects on our standing in the world. But the withdrawal from Afghanistan and the failure to even tell the American people the truth about it for a long time. They kept telling us, don't believe our eyes. It isn't what you saw. How lasting. There aren't people hanging from the wheel well. Exactly. There weren't. That was, yeah, that was, yeah, exactly. It's crazy. Now, obviously, as we're heading into the 4th of July weekend, there's a a accountability report that gives us a little sense of just how bad it was. Even that was sort of whitewashed. How long uh, lasting are the repercussions from that failed withdrawal? Oh, I mean, massively, not only, on the global stage is perception from, you know, America's foes, but also internally. Like, another reason you cannot recruit enough people to the military is because the mil- people joining the military are not sure if the U.S. government might send you into harm's way and then not have your back. Um, you know, political prosecution of soldiers for, I mean, let's, let's forget about the vaccine mandates. I mean, guys joined, upended their lives, and then because they didn't want to get something that wasn't originally in their contract, right. they were forced out of the military. I mean, ruined people's lives. Um, that's a big uncertainty, too. I mean, it's over. It's been undone, but, you know, people are concerned. Like, what, what other bounds? I mean, the military is not a democracy. You do not have the same rights as, a, as you do as a civilian. So it's like you can 
if you join, what's to stop them from making you do something else you don't want to? And that was a huge wake-up call to people. I think that the Afghanistan thing, though, coming back to that, is one of the greatest foreign policy blunders. And even, you know, Gates uh, said this under Obama that, you know, Joe Biden's been wrong on every foreign policy decision. I mean, he did did not want to go get bin Laden. He He called everything wrong. So it's no wonder we're having this. But why in the world would would anybody join the military if they think that they're fighting and if they die, they might be all for nothing? Yeah, it really is. It is a question. And all the people we left behind send a signal to any future country when we enlist your help. Are you going to have our backs when we help you? And I think uh, the way we treated so many of the Afghans who were supporting us, it sends a scary message to any other country where we might need military assistance in the future that we might not keep our word we might not be there for you if you help us and i think that has really driven a lot of people i've talked to a lot of foreigners who say i can't believe what you did to the afghans that you left behind and there's just no good answer as an american for for that none yeah no it it really is remarkable you have a new book out profiles in freedom talk a little bit about that i think you can pre-order already it's a really it's an uplifting book but it also reminds us of a contrast between heroes we've had and the sort of people we have in charge today. Well, you, you know what, John, it's, uh, yeah, it is available for pre-order. Um, the bigger thing that I think is forgotten a lot among most younger generations nowadays are, you know, who made this country and at what cost? And everybody knows about George Washington and Thomas Jefferson and Ben Franklin and, you know, even guys later on, Ulysses S. Grant, like noble concepts of American history. Right. But nobody knows the the personal struggles they had. You know, like George Washington, for instance, was like offered to be king. And he said, no. I mean, like, can you imagine today if they offered Nancy Pelosi queen of America? She would have been like, hell yeah, get me in on that. Um, like the nobility of our founding fathers. You know, people like Robert Oppenheimer, an awkward, yeah. you know, probably close to borderline autistic civilian. Right kept us all from speaking German because he invented the atom bomb. And nobody understands what a monumental task that was. So I tell the stories. It's easy. It's like, you know, 8, 10, 15 pages max per person that you can read, put your kids to bed at night, uh, tell them about who made America the greatest country in the world. And like they were, most of them were just ordinary people faced with extraordinary circumstances. Yeah. And it's funny time and again in our nation's history, just every day people stepped up and, and did something courageous that changed the course of our country today. When you look around today, there seems to be a, a significant impact on what people are learning in school and then what early perceptions they have in the marketplace, which also includes uh, serving in the military and others. Are the education system sort of corrupting some of the original values and ideals that America had? <laughs> yeah, I mean, short answer, yeah. Um, I, you know, the problem is, is like, look, you have all these people, they want to trans kids without parental permission in California. They want right. to do this and do that. Yeah, I mean, like, can you imagine if we just started baptizing kids in school without parents' permission? The left would lose their ever-loving mind. They would. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, they, I mean, they would absolutely lose their mind. Um, but now they can do whatever they want. They Anything that they want to do that fits their agenda is, is like, beyond me, and I, they just do it. But if we wanted to do something that made the conservative agenda more more applicable to the to the school, it would be pandemonium, and yeah. all of a sudden they, the left there would be. attention. 
Yeah, no, there would, there would, there really would be. It is pretty crazy to think about that. Um, Carl, as you look out, uh, in all the things that will be addressed in the Congress, uh, between now and the end of the budget this season, uh, what are some of the most important things, either an NDA or an appropriations bill that you think Congress can do to try to push an administration that hasn't been very veteran friendly, soldier friendly, security friendly in its first two, two plus years? Well, I think that beyond the individual issues, this is, you know, we, we have the power of the purse as Republicans right now. We have to start acting like it. And we can, it's okay to say no. In part, you know, thank God there's no more omnibus bill this, this cycle. But the problem is Republicans always get squishy and they always say, oh, you know, like we'll, you know, we'll get them next time or maybe we'll just compromise. Stop compromising. Do something. Force the Democrats to compromise because every time the Democrats get in charge, they drag us over to the left. And when Republicans come in, maybe they hold the line, but they don't move us any further back to the right. So the pendulum keeps swinging further and further to the left. I'd say everything they do, whether it be NDA, you know, the National Defense Authorization Act, whatever else they're they're doing, negotiate from a place of power, not a place of weakness. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's peace through appeasement at best, and uh, they haven't they haven't achieved much peace because appeasement doesn't work. Right? We know that peace through strength works. Um, is there any sign uh, of any person in the Biden administration that seems to have heartburn or a willingness to course correct the compass, or is the election the only real opportunity to change the course of our foreign policy? Well, I mean, Joe Biden is out there long. She's the top of the food chain. Is he really in charge? I don't know. But George Soros' son was there like 20 or 30 times recently. So, I mean, who knows there? The bigger issue is this this administration has absolutely no desire to listen to anybody. Anytime you try to say anything to Joe Biden, he screams at you because he's emotionally, you know, let's call him taxed. And I, I think the bigger problem is the left is so entrenched in these ways because they govern out of cities and the cities have separated people from the means of production for so long that people don't understand the value of actual items anymore. And that's where we're running into huge problems because people want, 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 take, 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 take. If they don't get it, they throw a tantrum and the government caters to their needs. So the Biden administration is just a personification of that. And we're not going to get anywhere people with these ideologues yeah no there's a rigidity to them that is well tested now we've seen it i want to finish up with one of the most important battlefronts right now obviously russia ukraine i'm a little surprised and many of the people come on the show about how poorly the russian military has performed i know we sort of put them in the superpower military category but they've really struggled with ukraine what is your assessment of the russian military power and and were they overrated and did this expose sort of an underbelly of their work yeah, well, John, I was actually in Ukraine a little over a year ago. Uh, I went over there, met Zelensky, and this is early on in the conflict. And I was kind of a little shocked by everything. I, we actually <laughs> pulled up next to some old Russian convoys up in the, the northern side that came down out of Belarus. And they still, like, the tires on these trucks were dry rotted from, like, wow. you know, 40, 50 years old. The oil filters on these things had dates that were over 20 years old. Like they hadn't changed the oil in 20 years, John. Wow. This is the level of maintenance to the Russian fleet. Now, look, the Ukrainian fleet is better now, but not much better. I mean, they are using Cold War era 
tanks. Now, to some extent, he sent in the, the junkiest equipment first because he thought he could roll over them pretty quickly. That's right. But also, like, they here, – here's the thing is – and this is something that America can take away from this too, which is, like, the power of somebody who just wanted to be left alone. Right. When you start messing with that person, you're entering a new ballgame. And I don't think Putin anticipated that. Look, do I think – do I agree with what's everything that's going on and how it's being treated now? No, but you know, that's an entirely separate conversation. The bigger issue is like one, I don't really think this is our war and two, uh, and that comes from somebody who's been in a lot of war in Iraq and in a number of other places in the, in the world. Yeah. I think that it's, it, it, it's just shocking to see how mismanaged and people who thought Russia was a superpower Look, they may have a couple fifth-gen fighters and a couple nice pieces of equipment, but they are not nearly the superpower that they perceive to be. And that was the Soviet Union thing was, like, the perception of power was their power. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. China, real quickly, obviously, for a long time, the threat to America from China was understated. Donald Trump obviously brought it to the forefront. Biden came in trying to say, oh, it's not that big. But now it seems even like Democrats in Congress don't agree with him on just how serious the threat is. When you look at Taiwan, does China have a temptation to move in the next couple of years while Joe Biden is still president? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Here's the thing. I don't, China can't survive without America. America can't survive without China. They both know that. Well, you know we know that. They know that. Um, now, how miserable can each one make it on each other? That's going to be the deciding factor of who wins whatever conflict. It may not be an armed conflict, but it is like it's mutually assured destruction, obviously, if we go to war. However, at what stage do you say, okay, we've had enough. Um, Let's come back to the table. See, China doesn't have elections anymore. Xi Jinping's there forever or until he decides not to be or dies. Right. So he doesn't have an election to worry about. So they can inflict a significant amount of pain on this because they manage a number of our resources as far as, you know, keep, forget the fact they're buying up farmland here, but they manage all these resources, like, you know, manufacturing resources. Where do you think, like, we, we have this new green agenda. Where do you think we export our carbon footprint to? China, who doesn't have those regulations. So we That's can right. continue to produce an iPhone, you know? So it's, how much damage are they willing to inflict on their own people to inflict damage on us? And when you find that balance, when you find that number, that's what you have to, you know, start offsetting before you even talk about an armed conflict. Because I don't think anybody, even China, wants that. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly right. Carl, it's such an honor to have you on the show. You do such great work. Obviously, your service to your country is forever cherished. But the the thought leadership you're providing on your show with your new book is really, really valuable right now. People are looking for cogent voices that know how to defend this country and have common sense solutions. And you have really provided that on a daily basis. Everybody, go check out his show at 5 o'clock every day at Newsmax. A fantastic program worth watching. Carl, good to have you on. I'm sure we'll have you on real soon. John, thanks so much. Anytime. Good to have you on, my friend. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. 
See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. All right, folks, thanks again for joining us on another edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News. Great to have you on. A big thank you to Carl Higby and our first guest, Adam Gillette. A lot going on in the wokeness space, and we made a whole show today really focused on two areas, the Pentagon and the school system. Really grateful for that. And of course, if you want to get take advantage of the incredible offer that EnviroCleanse is giving you on a home air purification system as good as the hospital-grade HEPA filters, well, go to ekpure.com and use that promo code JUSTNEWS. You'll get 10% off plus free shipping. That's a great deal. Plus, you get an amazing product. It's going to keep your air in your home free of viruses and colds and bacteria. And, of course, uh, most importantly, dust and uh, the things that aggravate your allergies and your sinuses. Go to ekpure.com and use the code JUSTNEWS to take advantage of that. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Report. So grateful you can join us today. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition and some breaking news. We'll have some scoopy stuff in the morning, so be sure to check it out. All right, guys, God bless. Have a good night. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, You can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text JUSTNEWS to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group. Text JUSTNEWS to 989898 right now.